going on, everybody? Welcome back to Kicks and Picks podcast. You've got Nick and Scott here. We are back to preview the Champions League, and it is time for the final. Saturday, May 28th, 3 p.m. Eastern. The game is in Paris. You guys know the teams you've been following along. We got Liverpool against Real Madrid. This is a special one. It's going to be an awesome game. It's been an incredible tournament up until this point. Especially good for our boy, Scotty, who has been carrying the Liverpool torch this whole time. Scotty, how are you feeling about it? What's going on? Yeah, I'm feeling decent. You know, I'm not, not, too, uh, not too mad about the matchup. I definitely prefer Real Madrid over City. I think there's just, there have been a lot more on the line uh, with the Liverpool City Champions League final matchup. But I mean, before we even start, I think we got to give ourselves some credit because from the quarterfinals, I think we nailed these two teams as probably the ones that we end up seeing in the final. And I think even in our semifinals, we gave Real Madrid plus, I think they were plus, you know, 400 I'll tell you to exactly what they were. They were plus 550 to win the Champions plus League. Plus 550. Yeah. So I think, you know, we've done ourselves, uh, uh, done ourselves proud in our analysis up to this point. So yeah. Got one last, one last match to, to try to preview and, and handicap for our listeners, and then uh, we'll see how we how we fare when all things when everything is settled. Yeah, let's continue to give out that money, and I think you're you're absolutely right. I mean, how tough would it be for Liverpool and City to play each other for the sixth time this year? I don't know if it's actually six, but it just you know it would have taken something away from the game, and, and this is going to be a much more exciting matchup based on what we've seen so far. Yeah, and it's not like these two teams don't have history either, right? You, you know, this is going to be the rematch of the 2018 final, uh, Champions League final in Kiev. Um, for those who remember that one, that one was filled with controversy. Uh, it saw Real Madrid, and, you know, eventually winning 3-1, to one, but, you know, there was a, a Sergio Ramos taco, tackle in the first half that ended up breaking Salah's collarbone, and obviously Salah at that point was, you know, the main man for, for Liverpool, the guy that was carrying the team, you know, pretty much through the second half of the season. Uh, it also saw a, a challenge like right after halftime on, on Karius on a, off of a corner kick that uh, we ended up figuring out later that gave him a concussion, uh, which then reared itself, you know, later in the match where uh, there was a shot from, I think it's gotta be like 35 yards out by bail that went right at Karius and he just like fluffed it. Like it like couldn't have been more at him yep, and he just yep. fluffed it into the net. That was pretty much all she wrote. So um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what, what sort of revenge game there, there is here. I know Salah has been talking about it, but, it's also interesting because that match pretty much changed the trajectory of Liverpool because it, it saw them move on from Karius. You know, Karius was their number one. You know, they brought him in two years prior and he had a great record in Germany. He had some spottiness in, in, in England, but thought to be relatively solid. But after that match, I think that's when they pretty much decided they had to go out and get a, a world-class keeper. Uh, and that's how Allison was brought in. And I think the, uh, the rest was written shortly after that. We all know how Liverpool got on to win the Champions League final in 2019. They went on to win the Premier League in 2020 and have won many more titles since then. So, uh, Man, and you brought up Karius. I mean, I completely forgot about that name, right? Yeah. Uh, is he still playing? Yeah, he's been kind of out on loans. Uh, he's done some some loans in Turkey and, and I think in the, in the Dutch League. Uh, I think he's out of contract this year, so I think he'll finally be be out. Uh, but yeah, he still is, I think, on the roster technically, um, gotcha. but he's just been, you know, I mean, that's, it's a mental thing, right? When you're a keeper, you have that rough of a game and that large of a stage, it just takes away your confidence and you're constantly second guessing yourself. Do I go out for this? Do I try to catch this one? Do I parry this one? You know, do I, do I uh, try to yeah. take the far post away? Do I go near post? You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's tough. 
Uh, plus spending a hundred million on a keeper to replace you, you know, it'll definitely do it to you. Yeah. 65 million. Come on. Or whatever it was. No doubt. So one of the, one thing that, uh, you know, fortunately maybe for this game, unfortunately for Liverpool fans, they, they definitely look to be out of the title race, hard fought draw against Tottenham last week where city took care of business. But um, you know, this is probably something that's going to benefit them in this champions league final. And in some of the other cup finals they're in, they'll be able to kind of rest and rotate these players. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, it, that was definitely a major concern of mine coming in the last month of the season was, you know, as it stands. Yeah. We, we were competing for the, the quadruple, but as of now we have one trophy in our pockets, the Carabobo cup. And with the amount of matches that they had to play, and there's a very real chance that with all the fatigue that that impacts them, in the cup finals, maybe you, you don't win those games when you should. And then even if you win out, City still could win out and you don't win the title. So this season could have very easily ended and still could easily end with just one trophy for Liverpool, which I think would be a, a real shame. But, you know, if, if they are going to be rotating players, which I, I expect Klopp to do based off of his press conference yesterday, where he mentioned that the, the medical team has to have their say in, in how many minutes players are playing. So I think that was a little bit of a, a clue that there's going to be rotation here. I think they stand a much better chance against Real Madrid and, and also Chelsea in the FA Cup this weekend if they are able to rest some of those you know key eleven guys uh, beforehand. Um, I think Virgil Van Dijk has played pretty much every single minute over the yeah. last six weeks. I think there's been twelve games now in, in thirty five days, thirty six days maybe. Um, so I think that definitely will help them. It's a little bit of a silver lining. I mean, at the end of the day, you, you, you win two matches, you can win two trophies, or if you win four more matches in the premier league, there's no guarantee you even win that one. Right. So it's better to focus on those potentially win a, a cup treble, which is a, which is an incredible season. No one's going to ever, um, you know, look down on Liverpool for, for not winning the league in a season where they win three cups. So, you know, and it, it's one of those things where after last game and, and, you know, we'll, we'll touch on it with Real coming back. Uh, everyone's looking at Man City's season as a failure, right? Oh, yeah. So they, they could win the premier league and still have a season that nobody's even, really that excited about. I mean, look at who they just bought. I think even Manchester city's owners have viewed this season as a failure. They just went out and spent, you know, 250 million collectively on, on a new striker in, in Erling Holland. So uh, I don't think you do that if, if you're content with the, the progress that your team has made in the previous year. Right. So, so talking about that fatigue, talking about rotation, one guy that we've been keying in on, you know, probably since January is, is Mo Salah. Um, you know, it's, it's been a little bit, I guess we'll call it a struggle. Um, you know, that's, that's a subjective term in this case, but he definitely um, he's had a packed season. What do you make of his form? Yeah, I think when we were watching them in January in AFCON, him and, and, Ma, and him and Mane, we, we kept commenting how Egypt somehow kept going into extra time. I think they had two, maybe three games that kept going to extra time and, and then, and then penalties. The and those were all within, you know, a week and a half of each other. Um, and so there were some concerns that I think I mentioned we talked about back in January. And I think it's starting to show itself. Uh, you know, start of the season, Mo was in true Mo, Mo form. He had 23 goals in, in 26 games. Since returning from AFCON, he's had just seven goals in 21 games, which is, you know, again, like you said, it's not like a, a miserable number, but for, for Salah, it's, it's much less than what you expect. And you can start to see it showing in his gameplay too, right? Uh, in that Spurs game, the number of times where instead of trying to make the overlapping run over, you know, Trent, who, who usually plays pretty far up the right wing there, he would try to just take the pass and then just cut in and, and try to whip in a shot into the far corner. A lot of times when he makes that overlapping run, he gets to the, the, the end line. He can then cut in, and at that point, you're in the box. He's not going to get challenged, and there's usually either 
somebody running far post, whether it's a Firmino or Mane, Jota, or you have a cutback to like either Henderson or Thiago at the, at the penalty spot. So they get a lot of goals and he gets a lot of assists when he makes those runs and it makes the, the defenders have to play a little bit farther back because they can't let him get behind. But when he's just doing those cut, you know, in cuts and, and just trying to whip it far post, it, it makes it a lot easier on the defense. And, and I think that's just because his legs are just starting to show the fatigue. And it's not like a overnight thing. It's It's been gradual over the course of April. And um, I think he's going to need a nice summer break. Uh, no, no doubt about it. And, you know, you even mentioned the 2018 Champions League final. I mean, that's that's four years ago at this yeah. point. And he wasn't young then, right? He's got to yeah. be 33, 34. I mean, he's, he, he, he's 30. Yeah, he's 30. So he okay. just turned he's 30. Old, he's but... not quite in the, into the Benzema age yet. We'll talk about Benzema in a little, in a little bit, but he, he's definitely getting up there. And I think the other issue is, right, it, it's at a weird time for him because he's in these contract negotiations with Liverpool. And I think Liverpool would love to extend him, but the money that they're going to be able to commit to him for the next four or five years is not going to be the money that you'd expect for someone who has played as well as he had in the last three years right. because of exactly what we're seeing now, right? He is somebody who has so much more ability than just his speed, but that speed is really what put him into that Mm -hmm. top five players in the world. And so when he starts to lose that half a step and he starts to lose that ability to really make defenses fear him when he's, when he's running at them, he doesn't become a bad player, but he doesn't become that guy that's worth 400,000 pounds a week. Right. And in Liverpool, they do try to run things relatively sustainably. They're not going to just go out and spend this huge amount of money on a player that in three years is going to be, you know, definitely on the downslope of his career. Right. So speaking about Salah, um, he's been phenomenal. There's, there's been another guy on Liverpool that I have to raise my hand and say, I've questioned him. You know, he, I know he's always kind of been good. He's shown up in big games. He's shown up in big moments, but the run of form that he is having this year and Scott called him world-class. I laughed at it. It's Sadio Mane. He has been out of control. He's got to be in the race for the Ballon d'Or. Um, and along with Benzema uh, from Real Madrid. I mean, what do you make of that matchup? Yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody would agree that Benzema has got to be the favorite right now. But I think uh, this match has the potential to kind of shape that debate in a pretty significant way. Uh, if, if Mane comes out and has a great game, we've talked about Salah, obviously, potentially having some, some tired legs. If, if Mane comes out and is able to have a, a great game and uh, you know, Liverpool end up winning, I think that makes the conversation pretty difficult. Uh, it, it's definitely not a sure thing anymore because you look at what Mane's accomplished this year, potentially winning the treble with Liverpool, winning AFCON with, with Senegal. It, it, there's a lot of winning and a lot of the winning because of him. I mean, he's, his second half has been much better than in Salah's second half. And I think that's because he's been able to rotate with uh, Diaz and Jota a little bit more than they've rotated with Salah. So his legs are slightly fresher. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I know why you have your, your doubts about Mane because he is one of those hot and cold guys. Like he, he loves to have the ball at his feet and there's moments where he'll just shank a, a shot, you know, 15 yards wide when he could have had a simple pass to Salah. And that there's also times where he's hitting overhead volleys into the top corner. So it's, he, he can be hot and he can be cold, but when he gets hot, it's, he's, uh, 
you know, top, top player. So no, the talent's there, no question about it. And, uh, you know, this season he has been absolutely on fire, but you know, Benzema, you, you said it, right. He's, he's the odds on favorite. I think he has 43 goals and 43 games this year. Yeah. Um, on a, you know, we say this every episode on a quote unquote down year for Real Madrid, where they have already won the Spanish right. title and, and, then, and are in the champions league final. Right. Um, but he's turned back the clock and I, I can't even keep track of how many goals he scored in the champions league. I mean, um, you know, a few of them have been penalties over the last two uh, last two rounds, but he single handedly dragged this team to the final. And for that yeah. alone, I mean, yeah. you know, that plus the numbers, you kind of have to to tilt the odds in his favor. Yeah, I mean, again, he nobody questions the quality of season he's had, especially you know we talked about Salah being up there in age. I mean, Benzema no, is actually like 35, 34, right? 35. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> what what he's doing now is. is is pretty remarkable. Um, I, I don't even, I, I don't know if I would say this is his best season ever, but with all the context layered in, I think it's, it probably has to be definitely. It helps that he's no longer, you know, playing next to Ronaldo and obviously Ronaldo gets you know, all the plaudits when, when that kind of happens. So he, he's kind of emerged from the shadow of, of some of the Galacticos that have been on the team in, in, in recent years. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's been there throughout it all, which is, yeah. you know, that's Consistent. something you rarely see. And that's something that has to be, has to be pointed out. I mean, I, I give him credit for that. And, you know, we mentioned it. Real Madrid haven't really looked all that dominant in this competition. Um, you know, they narrowly got past City. They narrowly got past Chelsea. They, um, you know, had that back and forth tilt with PSG where they, yeah. you know, were up big, kind of took their foot off the gas, then needed a Benzema hat trick in the span of 10 minutes to, to yeah. close it out. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're here. I mean, they're in the final. They just won't die. Yeah, and that, that speaks to the veteran leadership that we've been talking about when we've been, you know, trying to handicap the Real Madrid matches. Is they've got these guys that have been around forever, and they've been in the top level of competition for for many many years, even in club football and, and international. They've been there, right? So between Benzema and, and Modric and Cruz, um, you have this like core group that really aren't going to be phased when they're down by a couple goals. Like it's just not something that's really going to upset them that you might see with a younger team. So that they are able to keep that composure. They don't, you know, they never say die. They just keep pushing forward. They know that all it takes is one goal and one goal can happen in this, you know, blink of an eye. Uh, and I, I think that's a huge reason why they are where they are, because what you said, I don't think they've been the best team in half of these matchups. They definitely weren't against city. I think there's a debate over if they were the better team in the Chelsea match and, I think the same thing could be said in, in PSG. I mean, PSG opened up the uh, opened up the first leg with a one zero lead, and then had the second goal, which seemed to put uh, Real Madrid away. But it was just that that hat trick, that you know, relentless drive forward, the belief that we can still get the result we need here, and they're now in the finals because of that. No doubt about it. So let's let's take a look at some of the key players in this fixture. Um, kick it off with pool. We talked about Mane. We talked about Salah. Is it those guys or is it somebody else? Yeah, I think for me, it's got to be Luis Diaz. Uh, you know, Diaz came, came in in January. I think he looked great in the, in the, in the few appearances that he got in, in the you know February, March part of the season, but he's really started to actually see results from that style of play. I think he's really a lot more comfortable now within the squad and we saw what Liverpool looked like without him on the pitch in, in that second leg of the Villarreal game. Um, they started the first half with a front three of Mane, Jota, and, and Salah. And 
Liverpool on their back heels the, the whole first half. Uh, they didn't have a, a, any real outlet. Um, they weren't getting a, a whole lot of pressure on the Villarreal goal. Uh, and as a result, they, they went down. Well, they went down in the match 2-0. They, they drew level and aggregate 2-2. And the first change that Klopp makes and coming out of halftime is he gets Chota off and puts Diaz on. And that really shifted you know, the, the tone oh, of the game. Yep. Diaz, Diaz is he's an incredible dribbler, right? He can take the ball from his own half. He can beat a few guys off the dribble and he can get the ball forward to a, a runner like Mane or Salah. And then that can relieve a lot of the pressure. And it also creates obviously a lot of opportunities. He's also very well positioned in the box. He knows where the cross should be coming from. He knows where to stand. He knows where to make his runs and it's starting to result in goals now. So I think if, you know, if Salah is, is still kind of, you know, dealing with a little bit of fatigue and like we mentioned, Mane can be hot or you can be cold. I think Diaz is going to be that one consistent guy that I think Liverpool can pretty much count on to, to be creating a lot of the offensive opportunities for this Liverpool team. Imagine having that much wealth up front. That's yeah. Pretty awesome. And if the Man City game showed us anything, it's that this Real Madrid back line is susceptible to being attacked and, and giving up, you know, a lot of goals. So uh, it could be one where, you know, you need the front three to score, you know, a goal or two a piece uh, in order to really make claim to this game. Yeah, no, I, the back line has been shaky. We know that Courtois has been exceptionally shaky. <laughs> I, Scott mentioned that he has to be on the take. Um, and it certainly looked like that over the last couple of fixtures. I mean, at least three or four goals. Super suspect. You don't know what the hell he was thinking back there. Um, you know, but for me, in Real, you know, on the Real Madrid side, it has to be who's going to kind of be in that holding midfield position or what the midfield is going to look like in general. Um, you know, if you guys have listened to us before, or if you haven't, just know that I am not a fan of the 4-3-3, never was, never will be. Real Madrid is no exception. Um, you know, Modric has been unreal this year. Another guy that's turned back the clock. He, he's showing his class, but he's really not getting the help that he deserves. Um, we, we've been tweeting about it. Tony Cruz has looked absolutely fucking awful. I don't know. You know, I don't watch the team enough to really make a, a firm judgment on why that is. Um, but I don't know if it's age catching up to him, but he has looked lost in the Champions League. So what does that mean for this team in their midfield? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't read Ancelotti's mind. I think nobody really is going to know what the starting 11 is going to be for this Real Madrid team because there's so many moving pieces that he's tried over the last few legs. I think we're probably in agreement you and I that Casemiro should probably be starting because Definitely. without him, that's really where we saw this, you know, Manchester city attack, just really pound the, the real Madrid, the uh, real Madrid back line. So I think he has to start, but I also understand what that means with, you know, how they structure the rest of the team. They, he, uh, Ancelotti seems to really love Alberti. I'm very, why. I'm I very don't. lukewarm on him. I think he's a fine yeah. player, but I don't think he's a guy that has to be, you know, cemented into the starting 11. Rodrigo coming off the bench has saved them so many times, but I, I don't get why you wouldn't just start with him in this game. Um, he provides that extra bit of pace that, you know, listen, Benzema is a great goal scorer. We've talked about his record so far this season, but he's not going to be a guy that's going to be making runs behind this Liverpool back line that loves to play pretty far up the pitch. And we've talked about it before where the wingbacks love getting forward. So if you have pace on the outside, there's lots of opportunities that you can create against this Liverpool defense. If you're making, runs into the, the the wings and getting behind the center backs. So I think Rodrigo on the right and, and Vinicius Jr., who we talked about a lot in the semifinals, should be on the left. I think that's a lot of danger for Real Madrid. And if you want to talk about a team that's never going to be out of it, 
that's a great way because those guys can get goals quickly. I mean, we saw their run that Vinicius Jr. had against uh, Fernandinho against Man City. He just does a simple dummy and just beats everybody else down the pitch to the goal and gets an, an easy an easy goal. So, No, you're exactly right. I'm glad you brought them both up. I mean, in a one-off game, right, a, a one-leg final, no reason that Rodrigo doesn't start this game. You know, Vinicius Jr., we mentioned it. He single-handedly kind of brought the team back against um, – against Man City, but I, I think Rodrigo was equally as important. You saw in the first leg, he started, generated a lot of goal-scoring opportunities. Um, you and I both said this as well. I wish that he would shoot the ball a little bit more. He's always kind of looking to make that pass. And yeah, okay, you've got Benzema in the box. More often than not, it's it's not a bad play, but he got into the box himself multiple times in a good position and was looking to pass first where a chance never really materialized. Yeah. And to your point in the second leg, he didn't start the game. They kind of looked lost um, and that game really, really shifted when he came in off the bench. And I, I think it was in the maybe 70 something minute, yep. maybe the 80th minute. And um, we all know what happened after that, right? Real got those goals in the 90th, 91st, whatever it was. So I think he's definitely a game breaker. He's a key for me. And um, Casemiro also has to start. Yeah, I mean, he was basically Ancelotti's answer for when Manchester City scored the opening goal. It was like, all right, we've got to get Rodrigo on. But if that's the case, like, why not just put him on to start with? I get that you want to try to have a little bit more control in the game and that, you know, obviously off the first leg, there was goals aplenty. So trying to keep that a little bit more, uh, you know, packaged up might make sense. Yeah. But I, I think you can get him onto the pitch with Casemiro and achieve both. Um, and there's but, an element to wanting to have a game breaker off of the bench, right? Liverpool yeah. has that no matter who they start. I don't think yeah. Real have it yeah. in the same way, but for, for my money, you know, listen, you got to go out, put your best foot forward. He needs to start. I don't see it any other way. Yeah. I mean, if there's one thing we've learned about the champions league over the past few years, it's, you know, now's not the time to get cute. Um, you, you just got to get your best 11 players on the pitch and, and hope that, you know, they're able to, to achieve the result you need. No doubt about it. So let's break down these odds. The reason you guys all came here. Uh, Liverpool is the favorite. They are currently even money to take home the trophy. If you remember last leg, um, the semifinals, they were only plus 110 to win the Champions League. We told you guys, stay away from it. Didn't make sense. So if you listen, now you're able to get Liverpool at essentially the same odds to win one game instead of three. Real Madrid, still an underdog. They are plus 260. The draw is plus 255. And again, the last two rounds, um, you know, against um, in the quarterfinals, Real was actually plus 1,500. We told you at that point in time that was the best futures bet to make. And last round, they were plus 550, which we still told you, hey, if you're putting money down on a future, this is the team to take. If you didn't do it, you've given up a little bit of money. But if you yeah. believe in Real Madrid, they are still a really, really good price at that plus two sixty. Yeah, I mean, you cash out your your future from the quarterfinals at five to five to one right now, right? So, yep, it's pretty good money. Um, and then the over, I, I think, um, you know, a little bit of a better price than I was expected, considering the the run of form these teams have been on and how the Champions League have, has shaken out. Uh, over two and a half goals is minus one forty five. The under is plus 105. Maybe that just has to do with it being a cup final. They expect it to be a little bit tighter. And then we have both teams to score coming in at minus 175. Yeah, I mean, Anything I think else we should be looking at. 
I think from all those, you know, I, I think there'll be goals. I think I don't see either team getting a shutout. So both teams to score seems seems to be a, a pretty good one. But obviously minus 175 is, you know, you're not getting a whole lot of value on that. Um, I do. I think it's interesting to draw plus 255. The idea that this goes to extra time seems written in the stars yep. based off of what Real Madrid has been doing this, you know, all the season. But I think there's one prop that I think is really interesting. Um, and that's to win from behind. So Liverpool to win from behind is plus 650. Real Madrid is plus 900 to win from behind. And we talked about it all episode. This team doesn't give up. Um, they've found themselves often behind in, in every single round so far and have been able to, to make that comeback. And I don't have clarity on it. I tried to look into it. Uh, I don't know if this is a 90-minute only bet, but I don't think it is. And so an opportunity for Liverpool to score first and then Real Madrid to go on and win, I think is very plausible, uh, especially if we're looking at you know an Ancelotti lineup that doesn't start Rodrigo and uh, tries to be a little bit more conservative. Uh, I think that's a really good, interesting bet at plus 900. Yeah, that's something I've never even considered before, but it makes sense for almost both teams. Both teams have done it, yeah. uh, you know, from the last leg. Yeah. The other thing I do want to mention on the goal line spread, uh, if you want to take Real Madrid getting half of a goal, they are minus 130. So that's uh, that's a pretty solid number as well. That's, you know, puts them at right about yeah. even. Um you know, listen, I, I think the odds tell the story. I think, um, you know, Liverpool is a deserved favorite in this match. Getting Liverpool at even money in any game is always a good bet. I'll never talk anybody off that. I myself will probably be going with Real Madrid at plus 260. That's not because I necessarily believe they're going to win, but I just think the price is great. They've made it to a final. Anything can happen in a final. Um, you know, I I don't really, this, this is a toss up game for me and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame anybody for making a bet either way. Yeah. I think it's going to be a, a close result either way. I don't think either team is going to have a two Oh three Oh final score line. Um, so plus two sixty is, is good value for that because anything could happen. You could be the team that gets that goal or you could not be, but it's better to have the extra juice than sitting there at even money. Um, I think it, it's going to be a higher scoring affair when it's all said and done, because I think after the first half, things will open up a little bit more. Um, so even if you're sitting at a one, one goal halftime, you know, score line, uh, there's the second half has every opportunity to be that and more. And then plus we said going to extra time, you're just going to get more opportunities. You'll get an extra 30 minutes of, of game time to, to get those goals. So uh, I would go over if you're taking a total. Yeah, definitely agree with that. And the other thing, you know, we haven't mentioned, we mentioned it in all the episodes leading up to this. I mean, you just got to shout out these two managers. You're talking about two of the best in the game. Um, the two guys that are definitely going to be willing to make the necessary adjustments as the game goes on. So shout out Klopp, shout out Ancelotti. And that could create a great opportunity to, to make some live bets. Um, you know, definitely, these games have been topsy-turvy. They've been roller coasters um you know certainly let's keep an eye on the odds as it comes closer to to match day as as the game starts to go you know scotty mentioned those two bets to win from behind you know a next who scores next goal bet is a great bet in a game like this um you know will there be a goal in the next 15 minutes or in the next 30 minutes bets like that um you know that you can kind of predict them um and it's should be something that's that's fun to keep an eye on in the final and the only way to get our picks for those bets is to follow us on Twitter at Kicks Picks Pod or at Scotty underscore KP or at Nick Diani.
Facts on that. Be on the lookout. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Please like, share, subscribe, tell your friends about it. And most importantly, let us know who you think is going to take this one home. Share your bet slips. We appreciate it. And be on the lookout for the next episode.